Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. I'm excited to worship Jesus this morning. Are you excited? All right, let's put our hands together.
17, Jesus takes them on a journey with him up a mountain. They knew him as their friend. They knew him well. They walked with him. They knew what he was like. But the Bible tells us in that moment, they saw Jesus in a new way. And that's what worship is. The Bible tells us that they fell down on their faces reverently before Jesus. And when they looked up, they saw Jesus, only Jesus. So let, let's make that our prayer today. That the words of, the next, of this next song are that story, the story from Matthew 17 of seeing Jesus in a new light. So let's posture ourselves reverently to hear his voice, to know his word, to see his face. Oh uh -huh. 
Lord, we bow ourselves before you, Jesus. Let you be the only see, only thing that we see, Jesus. Not the things around, Lord, only you, Jesus. Lord, we stand reverently in your presence today. We're amazed at your presence. We're amazed that you reveal yourself more and more to us, Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would do that today. Lord, as we continue in worship, Lord, through the rest of our service, let your presence be felt. Let your presence and your name be more revealed to us, Jesus. We honor you in this place. Can we together lift our hands, put our hands together for the King who's worthy? Before you're seated, we just want to give you a moment to turn around, meet someone new, welcome yourselves to church today. everyone. My name is Chris. I'm the youth pastor here at the assembly. And I just want to say, if it is your first time joining us, welcome. We're so glad you're here and we'd love to connect with you. And one of the ways that helps us do that is through our connection card. It's located in the seat back in front of you. If you could just take some time to fill that out here in a moment, you'll have an opportunity to drop that in the offering as it makes its way by. Well, we've got some great things happening at our church starting today, actually, right after service is Growth Track 401. So those of you that's maybe been on the journey, learning more about our church and hearing about our vision and ministries, we welcome you. We're excited. We have a great lunch. It's provided right after this service upstairs in room 232, 233. But for those of you, maybe you're like, what is Growth Track? It's kind of what I've already said. It's about learning more about our church vision, philosophy, different ministries that we have for you to be a part of. We call everyone here that serves. They're a part of our dream team. They are dream team members. Let's give it up for our dream team. They're incredible. So many of you, maybe you're new, you walked on, you saw those out in the parking lot, those greeting you here, they're all a part of the dream team. And maybe you say, you're here for the first time, you're like, man, this is home, this is our church, we wanna get involved, we wanna be a part. We encourage you to go through Growth Track, okay? That is your next step, be a part, and see what God does in you and through you in serving the local church, we're excited. Well, hey, um, coming up this Friday night is all about mom night. And so moms, kids, grandmoms, grandkids, you're gonna be here in the hospitality center this Friday night at 6 30 you're gonna be making different projects a craft for Mother's Day and word on the street is marble slab ice cream will be here like need I say more some of you are like I'm RSVPing right now I see you pulling out your phone and stuff so RSVP online make sure you're here it's gonna be so much fun so guys you cannot go there dads hey you know but hey here's the deal the next morning Next morning is men's breakfast. Show up for that. That is your morning. You own that. Be there. Mom has her thing with her kids. Let them go out. Then the next morning is men's breakfast. You can hear from our guest speaker. It's going to be so much fun. 
Then in two weeks, two weeks, the Assembly Kids presents May the 4th be with you. Yes, any Star Wars fans out there? Okay, a little bit. Here we go. Youth section, love it. May the 4th be with you. It's going to be so much fun. Just kind of looking over the Star Wars menu and your church bulletin here. Um, hot dogs, princess lays, Wookiee cookies, popsicle lightsabers. I just love reading these things. Um, so it's going to be so much fun. Make sure you're here. There's a costume contest. So make sure you dress up and have so much fun with this night. It's in two weeks. May the 4th be with you. As the ushers make their way forward, we're going to prepare to worship the Lord in our giving. And if it is your first time here, you're a guest, um, please understand that there's no pressure to give. Our service is a gift to you this morning. But those of you that go above and beyond your tithes and offerings and you partner with neighbors and nations, I just want to say thank you so much for the difference that you're making here locally and also globally. We are so grateful for you and going above and beyond your tithes and offerings. So let's pray. Father, we love you. We worship you. Jesus, I pray that you would transform us, change us, God, from the inside out. Let your word speak to us this morning. It's in your name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great, great time of worship today. Say thanks to all of these leaders. Thank you, guys and ladies. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Man, what a week. Marble slab and playoff basketball. Oklahoma City Thunder is going to take care of the Mavericks this week. Jesus loves the Thunder more than the Mavericks. When it comes to the Cowboys, his love is strictly with them. But when it comes to the Thunder, he loves the Thunder. The Mavericks, they're not redeemed. And, uh, you know, he loves those that love him. Uh, I'm surprised the Mavericks stadium where they play. I'm, I'm surprised it's not open. But anyway, football teams, their stadium will open. And you know why, so. God, hard crowd, bam. Yeah. You know, I absolutely love Sunday. I love the opportunity to come and just experience the presence of Jesus, to have a great time, to be on the adventure of serving him. This is the last sermon in this series called The Keys. And I'm talking today about a master key. You know, you can have a lot of keys, but when you can reduce it down to one key to take care of all the doors, isn't that much better? Well, I just want to tell you for me, I think it's much better. 
Way better. I don't like all the keys. So we're going to talk about a master key today. If your kids are in our children's ministry, they're coming home with a keychain that lists all of the different keys they've been uh, studying and, and going through over the last several weeks. So you can use that as a great devotion. But I want to talk about a master key that I think is so empowering. It could really change the way tomorrow or the next week, the next season goes for you. Is that significant? So why don't we just go to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, set our hearts to receive what you have for us today. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for the privilege of knowing you, the privilege of church, the privilege of your word. And God, we ask today that it just comes with great inspiration and power to our hearts. We're not going to leave here the way we came. Already, Lord, through this time of worship, we're blessed, we're encouraged, we're strengthened. Now as we come to your word, Lord, continue that work in us until we have this master key and we are ready to use it and experience the result in Jesus' name. And everybody said, hey, let's end this series where we started it, Psalm 1-3, let's look at it. It's about the life we can know. It says, our life would be like trees planted along the riverbank bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Today we're going to look at this word prosper. It comes in the context of this life that's in the good place. It is being productive. There's so much life on the inside. There's excess life, so it, it bears fruit, not just occasionally, but in each season. And then there's prosperity. Now prosperity, when you hear it in this culture, we think of money. But prosperity in Psalm 1 and throughout Scripture is speaking about a quality of life. In this verse, it's certainly in the context because you see the focus is on the inside work of God in us so that we're made strong like this tree, so that we are effective, we're bearing fruit, and then we're just prospering. You've got a healthy life. You have an effective life because there's prosperity on the inside. John wrote about prosperity, and he said, here's my prayer for you. I want you to prosper even as your soul prospers. So it's about the healthiness of the life of Jesus inside of us. That's soul prosperity. Is your soul healthy? And in this fragmented, broken world, it is easy to get an unhealthy soul. Life is, can be uncertain, can be challenging, can be difficult, and it can have a direct effect on the health of our soul. You know, this day, the weather is awesome. Yes? I'll take this every day. However, we know it changes quickly and radically here in Oklahoma. They're even saying Tuesday evening we may have some severe weather. Like here we are enjoying this perfectly beautiful day on this Sunday, but by Tuesday, we may be in the safe room. Or at our house, it's the pantry. And I figure if you're going to go out, the pantry is a great room to be your last room on this, this, this journey, this earthen side, this side of heaven. That's where the Oreos are. Like, you know what I'm saying? That, but, but, Kelly and I, when... We have a crock pot stored on the top shelf of the pantry. So you got to dodge those things that would fall from the top shelf. 
Usually things are on the top shelf. There are things that don't ever get used. Holy Spirit, let us use the crock pot to put that roast in so that it's ready on Sunday in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. I'm just teasing, of course. I'm just happy to have Popeye's chicken when we get home. So in the pantry, maybe hunker down. So that's just how radically it can change, like just from one day to the next. And it has an effect on our soul. And what's going on around me can't be healthy like John prayed unless what's inside of me is healthy. How can I have a healthy soul, a prosperous soul? Where do you look for the kind of resource so that your soul is healthy, so that you can be fruitful in each season, so that you have a stability when the weather of life changes and when it changes radically, when it goes from perfect to fierce. Some would say they they look to their resources, like their money. I'm all about being a good steward, taking the steps. Hashtag Dave Ramsey. I believe in financial peace because financial unrest creates incredible stress, right? We've all been there. But yet if you look to the soundness of your stewardship to be the source of your healthy soul, you're not going to find it because that which doesn't have a soul cannot provide the kind of health that your soul will need to manage life. Can't look to my house. I can't look to my car. I can't look to my money. I can't look at the steadiness of my job So what do I do? Well, I've got to look to that which has a soul. So would I look to you? Would you look to me? Do we look to those friends around us, to those family members? Do we look to our spouse? I mean, if your soul is fragmented or broken, do you look to your spouse if you're married to to be that source of restored health to your soul? What breaks down in, in that expectation is that when you look to someone who has a soul, but their soul is imperfect, maybe even fragmented as well, then you're going to transfer a burden of responsibility to them that they can't possibly live up to. Right? If I put on Kelly the responsibility of my healthy soul, like if I'm fragmented and broken and I look to her to be the source of health for my soul, then I'm going to transfer a responsibility and an expectation that she can't possibly carry, that she can't possibly meet. And yet if we don't get this right, we can look at each other and say, why weren't you here for me? And then she can respond, well, why weren't you there when I needed you? And you can kind of have the standoff because you can't find soul prosperity from someone whose soul is also imperfect or perhaps even broken. So what I need is someone who has a soul, but someone who has a perfect soul. Someone who has a soul that completely identifies with where I am and where we are and our plight, but yet is perfect so that that person 
doesn't have to tend to their soul. They are perfect within their soul so they can focus on bringing health to my soul. And I have a great idea of who that person is. And it's where we always come to in church. That person is Jesus. Jesus is the one who lived in this fallen, broken, twisted world. This is his story, tempted and challenged with life. One writer says, like in every way or in all points as we are, Jesus was tempted and he had great challenges. And yet he was a a winner, a victor, an overcomer. He died in our place for our sins and he rose again. And he, according to the scripture, has like passed through the heavenlies and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He is victorious. He is the sovereign. He is in control. He is perfect and he is awesome. He is good and he is enough. And the Bible says that he is literally touched. This is how aware of your plight he is. He's touched with the very feelings of your infirmity. Like he knows what we're going through, but he knows the feelings associated with the circumstance. And he is the one who is acting as an advocate, as a one who is praying, watching over, interceding. And it is from him that we can find soul nourishment and prosperity so that then what's around us can be blessed or influenced by our healthy soul. Jesus would love to anchor your soul. Let me show you some powerful words. It's written by John in Revelation. First of all, Revelation 118. Jesus says, I am the living one. Can you say amen to that? I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold, and let's say this this emphasized word together. And I hold the what? The keys of death and the grave. That means Jesus won and Jesus is in control. That Jesus is sovereign. Add to that Revelation 3. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This is a message. The one who is holy and true. The one who has, say it with me, the key of David. What he opens, no one can close. What he closes, no one can open. This key of David, it's another reference to the sovereignty of God. It takes us back to when David was a king. The king of Israel who had total control, all the land, all the people, all the resources One of the greatest leaders, if not the greatest king Israel ever had. A military genius. When it came to government, such a poised and capable leader. This was David. David had the key to the kingdom. That meant he was the dominant one. He was the sovereign. He was the king. So John writing to people who would understand that culture. And yet he's trying to help people understand the magnitude, the blessing, the power of the sovereignty of God. He says of Jesus, Jesus has the key of David. Like if you see David as one who had great power and control, there is a whole nother level 
For Jesus has the key of David. And to emphasize his sovereignty, John writes of Jesus and says, Jesus opens a door and no one can shut it. And when Jesus closes a door, no one can open it. Which means he's sovereign. He's greater than structures. He's greater than systems. He's greater than people. He's greater than circumstances. He's greater than the past. He's greater than the future. There is no comparison. His glory is higher than the heavens. He is great. He is God. He is king. He is sovereign. He is the Lord. And he can nourish and replenish your soul. Because without a healthy soul, you can't have the life that Jesus wants you to have. Yes, the writer of Hebrews writing to people who were under intense persecution, lots of pressure, he wrote to them, and this is what he said. He said, Jesus is an anchor to your soul. Now, I have to admit and tell you that I wish the writer of Hebrews said Jesus is like a helicopter to the soul. Meaning, when it gets really intense, he'll just come and take you away. Like in, in, in Psalms, there's, there's a psalm where the writer, he said, oh, if I had wings like a dove. What he's saying is, look what's going on around me. If I could fly, I would be out of here. How many of you felt that way? Oh, if I had wings. I'm talking straight to Hawaii. Be there by this afternoon. You know, not even have to go in the pantry for the severe weather, just straight to Hawaii. That's the psalmist looking around him and saying, it was so intense, he wished for an evacuation. So the writer of Hebrews doesn't say that Jesus is a heavenly helicopter to the soul, but that he's an anchor to the soul. That he'll hold you where you are. That he will steady you. That it may remain intense for a while, but he is an anchor to the soul. Peter and the other disciples were with Jesus. He had fed the 5,000. It was a day of amazing ministry, and Jesus is going to retreat to this mountain to pray. He says to his disciples, you're going to get in a boat, go back across to the other side. And when they get in that boat, an incredible storm breaks out. And I mean, it's fierce. Jesus, knowing their situation, the Bible says he goes walking to them. If you've ever been in a fierce storm, and I'm sure you have, uh, but have you been in a fierce storm on the water? If so, just imagine it is... It is loud, it's boisterous, it's out of control. You're kind of doing what you can do to stay afloat. That's the picture of these disciples. It looks like they're not going to make it. And in that kind of storm, all of a sudden they see this presence, this something is coming toward them, and they at first think it's a ghost and it only plays to their fear. But then Jesus says, no, it's me. Don't be afraid. Like they're about to drown. He's like, oh, don't be afraid. Are you kidding? And so Peter says, well, if it's you, 
Let me come out there. You know, the storm is raging. This is where you want, like, Coast Guard Jesus. Like, come, lower the basket, get me in the basket, hoist me up to a whole different level, and take me somewhere safe. But there Jesus is, and he's walking on this water. And and Peter says, if it's you, then ask me to come out there with you. And you know the story. Jesus says, well, come on. And Peter gets out of the boat, and he's walking on the water. Now remember, the storm is still raging. How many of you have water skied before? Then you know what I'm talking about when I say that it's, it's amazing when you get to ski on smooth water. Like, you know the language of, it seemed like the lake was like glass. You're just talking about how smooth it is. When Peter walked on the water, Jesus had not calmed the storm. The waves, the wind, it's still raging. So the, the picture here is Peter gets out of a boat that is being tossed. It is treacherous, and he is walking on the waves. That's what he's doing. And so you can imagine what that must be like to be walking those waves. And the Bible says as he's walking, he gets his eyes off of Jesus and he goes down. Jesus reaches in and pulls him out of the water. Storm is still raging. And Jesus says, why did you doubt? Why did I doubt? Hey, Jesus, I can hardly hear you asking me the question because of how incredible this storm is. And you want to know why I'm doubting? Of course, Jesus knows the answer. He's never asked a question because he's searching for information that he doesn't have. So obviously, he's, he's got layers of lessons that are going on here. But before we get to any of those, I just want to give you a word of encouragement. If you found yourself in a stormy time and it's been loud and unpredictable and fearful I just want to tell you, if you found yourself doubting, join the crowd. If Peter, who had physical, tangible Jesus in front of him, if Peter, who got out of a boat and is defying science and all logic and all natural order, is walking on the water... And he's looking at physical, tangible Jesus. And he gets his eyes off Jesus. And he doubts. Then know that doubt can get into your soul as well. You say, man, Ron, I I lost my job. and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm dealing and fighting doubt. I'm sure you are. I mean, come on. When you found out that that position was no longer, did Jesus show up physically, tangibly, and say, uh, let me help you pack your boxes? No. 
But was he with you? Yes. And how does he choose to be with us? As an anchor. See, an anchor, it goes to work at a level that you and I can't see. We're in the boat. Our life is the boat. The world is the water. Circumstances that come, that's the storm. And we get tossed and it beats against us. We don't know how long it's going to last. We wonder if we're going to make it through. And the anchor goes to work. We would rather an evacuation, but Jesus has chosen to be with us through storms and to take us through them. And the way he works is to anchor your soul. He goes to work at a level that we can't see. The anchor goes deep into the water. It goes as deep as it has to go so that it can take hold of the ocean floor. And everything on the surface is still turbulent and still crazy. But there's an anchor. It's been steadied. It's not still, but it's not drifting. It's anchored. So if there's been some doubt, don't beat yourself up, but open yourself to what was going on in this story with Peter. Because I think when Jesus is saying, why did you doubt? Is Jesus not saying, Peter, you were just defying all natural law. You were doing something only by my power that defies science. No man can walk on the water. And and there's Peter walking on the water and Jesus is walking on the water. And Jesus has to be saying, Peter, if, if I can do this and if I can empower you to do this, then you have to realize I'm greater than this storm. You have to realize I'm way more powerful than the wind and the waves. And you're going to have a lot of opportunity, Peter, in your future to get your eyes on the loudness of the circumstance, on the fierceness of the circumstance. And you're going to have to remember there is one who's greater than the wind and greater than the waves. There is still a voice that can calm the wind and the waves. But even in it, I am the anchor for your soul. Peter, you're going to be at times and places where the pressure is going to be intense and you're going to have to know that you know that you know that there's something happening way beneath what you can see. You may feel tossed, but you're anchored. And your anchor is sure because I'm the anchor. And I've got all the keys because I've won all the victory. My soul is perfect, and I know the plight of your soul, and I can minister to your soul. I will anchor your soul so that you can be in health even as your soul is in health. And you can be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water, bearing fruit every season and prospering in everything you do because I am the source and I am the stability and I am I am the anchor to your soul David understood an overwhelmed soul and he would use the word heart 
your soul, that's your emotions, that's your mind, it's your will, it's all of the, it's the sum of who you are. And David said it like this, when my heart is overwhelmed or when my soul is overwhelmed, this is Psalm 61, when my heart is overwhelmed, Lord, would you lead me to a rock that is higher than I? He's saying, Lord, my emotions, they, they get affected by circumstance and, and I lose stability, but you anchor me, lead me. You're the rock, you're greater, you're, you're beyond. Lord, you're who I need, anchor my soul. I just feel today that I need to give you this key. God is sovereign, God is all powerful, God is good, God is more than enough. And I'm sure you knew that way before I said it, and you agree with it. But here's the key. Key is trust. Can you trust in his goodness, his power, his sovereignty? Can you trust him? There's never been a day in my life that I didn't know that God was present with me. There's never been a day that I was unaware of many scriptures that talks about the Lord's presence. From the Emmanuel factor to the psalmist who said he's a present help in the time of need to all of the, the, the ways that God kept entering the world of man. He's present, but there have been many times, though I knew that, there have been many times I wondered was this right here. The fact of him being present with me, is it going to make a difference? Okay, so you're God, so you're sovereign, so you're all-powerful. My question is not, are you? My question is, the fact that you are, will it make a difference in this situation that I'm going through? So if God is good, and God is enough, and God is out in front, and God is an anchor to the soul, the question today is, can I trust can I trust him? Can I trust him before the storm calms down? Can I trust him when things are just at the height of their uncertainty? Can I trust him? Can I trust him? And I feel this. I feel like he has to help us trust him. I can trust him when the storm's calm. I've got to have him help me trust him when the storm is raging. So I wanna just lead you now in going beyond information. And we gotta experience this. I wanna experience an empowerment of the spirit to trust and to trust in the sovereignty and the power of God, the goodness of God and, and leave here feeling we're tethered, we're anchored. It's gonna be all right. Would you close your eyes? In his presence, if you find yourself in that place, and you, and you can talk to yourself four times faster than I can, and maybe as I've been talking, four times faster, you've been having questions come to your mind that perhaps would challenge what you've heard today. I'm asking you, to make a choice to just open your heart in surrender and 
put your trust in Jesus. We're not going to put our trust in an outcome. We're going to put our trust in a person and let him anchor our soul. Some of you feel like you're drifting. Some of you feel like you're just being blown out of everything you've ever known, like being blown out to sea. You're, it's out of control. You need an anchor. Don't drift in your faith. Don't drift in your joy. Don't drift in your passion for God. Don't drift into confusion. Don't drift into asking questions for which there are no answers. Be anchored in Jesus today. Be anchored. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. Can you sing that with me today? Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Just begin to open your heart to him. Sing it. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. It is well. Sing it with me, let go my soul. Let go my soul and trust in him. The ways and wind still know his name. So let go my soul and trust in him. The ways and wind still know his name. It is well. that again it is well with my thank you Jesus thank you Jesus
I feel the Holy Spirit leading today to ask you to respond to him by coming forward and you'd come forward in this response. You got a situation going on and it's trying to get your, your total focus just like the wind and the waves did for Peter. And you need to keep your eyes on Jesus. We need the Lord's power to put our focus on him. Elijah's servant got up one day and he went outside and he looked and he, he saw the enemy. The enemy was surrounding them. Elijah's servant said to Elijah, this is not good. We are surrounded by the enemy. Elijah prayed for his servant that his eyes would be open. And then when he opened his eyes, he then could see a greater reality. Yes, the enemy was surrounding him. But because he saw a greater reality, he was able to see that there were more for him than those against him. I'm going to pray today that you would see a greater reality. That yes, there's a storm, but there is a master, there is a sovereign, there is a king who's greater than the storm. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I also saw the Lord. I had a present reality. It was not good and I was grieving there was no one on the throne. It seemed like things were out of control in the kingdom. But God opened my eyes and I saw that, that God was seated on the throne and God was in control. So I, I'm going to pray that you and I can see two things at once. Yes, we have a challenge, maybe a storm, maybe it's fierce, but there's a greater reality. And that's that Jesus is in control. Amen. And that's when your soul begins to settle. That's when you feel tethered. That's when you feel anchored. That's when you start experiencing a fresh stability throughout your emotions that have caused your mind to race with scenarios that just contribute to greater fear. We're going to find the, the stability and the, the strength of Jesus in our soul today. We're going to be settled down and settled in the presence. We're going to be at peace because the wind and the waves, they still know His name. Amen. So as we sing this, let go of my soul and trust in him. Find the nearest. I'll just come forward, come close. I think it's going to be a lot of people and we're just going to experience the peace and the power of Jesus. You ready? Amen. Begin to come as we sing it. And trust I love it. The waves and wind still know. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, the Lord is here right now. The Lord is here. And trust in Him. The waves and wind still know His name. Let go, my soul. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So let go my soul and trust in Him. The waves and waves know His name. That's it. That's it. Just lift your hands with me in the presence of the Lord. Receive his peace today. Hallelujah.
Right now, I just ask, Lord, that your peace settles in upon every heart. I ask, Holy Spirit, that by your very personal comfort and care of each soul represented here, that you would bring that strength and power and prosperity. Lord, where souls have been depleted and diminished and deflated and discouraged, I pray, Holy Spirit, bring prosperity to every soul, to our souls, Lord God. Pour into every soul. You are a present help. With your eyes closed, I just want to say this over you. When the psalmist said the Lord is a very present help in the time of need, it was in the context of a storm. And the context was that as the storm gets bigger, it gets louder. That Like there's a volume that increases with the storm. And when he said the Lord is a present help, that word help in the Hebrew is a word that picks up volume. And, and it's the capacity and the greatness of God's help is greater, louder than even the storm. So see, there's a greater reality. There is a greater reality. Lord, I want to pray right now that you give us the ability to see the greater reality. The psalmist asks us to lift up our eyes, to lift up our eyes, to lift up, broaden our perspective. Lord God, take the eyes of our heart that have been fixed on the situation. Help us to see two things at once, Lord. Help us to see that there are more for us than those who are against us. Help us to see, Lord, that though things seem out of control in the natural, Lord, you are in control. You're the sovereign one seated. You're seated on the throne. Lord God, help us to see that. Help us to see right now, Lord, that you are with us and you are for us, that you are good, that you are enough. Lord, just pour in that prosperity to our soul right now. Just deposit, Lord, that love that's like a, a river that's wide, deep, and high. It is coming into our spirit right now, just renewing us and strengthening us. We feel like mounting up, Lord. We're ready to stay with it. We're anchored. Lord God, we, we understand that we'd like to just escape. God, that's not the way life works. So we're going to ask you to be the anchors. Steady us, Lord. Steady our soul right now in Jesus' name. And may your peace that surpasses understanding be the guardian of our soul. Be the guardian of our heart. Lord, we presented the request to you. We give you the situation. Now may your peace. May your peace just come. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Some of you right now just need to know that your past is a prophet to your future, that the same God who has brought you this far is still with you, and he's going to take you through. He's going to take you through. He's going to...
That's it. Just receive that. That's a word. Corinthians says there will be a message in tongues followed by interpretation, and it edifies the body. And that is so powerful and so on point. Lord, we, we just open ourselves to that reality. We put the key of trust in that word right there, Lord. Thank you, God. Come on, lift your hands with me. Come on, let's just worship him. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. Oh, you're singing that from trust. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. Sing that again, through it all. Through it all, oh hallelujah! That's it. declare it today. This is the truth. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. Sing it, so let go my soul. So let go my soul and trust in
Can we praise him for that reality today? Come on. Come on. We're in a new place. We're in a new place. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Keep clapping your hands in the victory that the Lord has given us. Thank you, Jesus. Now may the Lord, the Lord who is sovereign, the Lord who is in control, the Lord who is good, the Lord who is enough, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you, everybody. Have a great afternoon.